Mark Henry is one of the most incredible physical specimens who ever lived. He's known as the world's strongest man, and by a lot of metrics, he really is. He's also one of the great stories of missed opportunity in the history of pro wrestling. When Mark Henry was used properly, he was one of the most compelling, terrifying, and awesome, Old Testament awesome, pro wrestlers of all time. The problem is that he spent a lot of his career not being used that way. We're joining Mark's story on the eve of the biggest match of his career as he attempts to capture the World Heavyweight Championship for the first time. But there's another accolade in play, an elite fraternity into which Henry has been inducting all of his rivals. Today on I Hate Wrestling, it's Mark Henry, Hall of Pain. Okay, so, <clears throat> Stephen the Train Graham, welcome back to the show. Oh, have we started now? We started, I'm recording. No. Why, um, hello. Hello, friends. Let me put on my radio voice. Uh, I'm also putting on my radio voice because I'm a little sick. Ah. Just a little bit. The move made you sick? You know, I don't know exactly what it was that made me sick. Everybody that I know has been sick in the past month or so. So, we are... We are gathered here today to discuss the life and times and career of one Mark Henry, the world's strongest man. A young Silsby, Texas boy done proud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> From a region of Texas that I understand is known as the Piney Woods. No. Yeah, that's wild, right? Yeah. I know you and I are both big Mark Henry fans. Mmm. Big sect of Mark Henry. I don't care for previous or after. Right. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what I wanted to touch upon. So you and I, if you were to ask us both, what do you think about Mark Henry as a performer? I think both of us would enthusiastically say Mark Henry was great. Oh, absolutely. Now, what percentage of Mark Henry's career would you say he was used properly? <laughs> Two percent. <laughs> like Roughly the, about two percent. Like the milk. Yes. So nobody's favorite. But Mark Henry. Waste of talent. Yeah, definitely huge waste of, of Mark Henry's talent over the years. What were your impressions of Mark Henry when you were a kid? Because we were both watching when Mark Henry first came around in the in the mid nineties. Uh he was just the big dude in the nation of domination for me. Correct. Uh, Mark Henry appeared for the first time in this show in episode two of our, our series about The Rock, Ages of Rock Part 2. He showed up and got punched during a Rock versus Ken Shamrock match. He was just a henchman. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, though, I guess you would have to say he's the second most successful member of the Nation of Domination after The Rock. Uh in the WWE, I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ron uh, Simmons was also a WCW world champion. Yep. The first African-American world champion in wrestling history. Yep. Um, uh, D'Lo likes to shake his head. Yeah, D'Lo likes to shake his head. The godfather uh, we met and was very nice. Ah, uh, Papa Shango. Voodoo man. 
Guruman. We also we also wrote a a song about Papa Shango. We did. <laughs> Which and then you did a Mr. Dowling impersonation. Yeah. Hey, what are those zombies doing? Uh, I actually I'm going to put a link in the show notes. I am 99% sure the MySpace page for Doctor Grizzly's Combat Bears is still up. And on I'm that, pretty sure it is. And on that page is our recording of Papa Shango, <laughs> parentheses, Voodoo Man, close parentheses. <laughs> we were terrible. Yeah, not great. What an awful band. Not great, Bob. Well, uh, we were bad. Oh, yeah. Us specifically, we were the worst part of a terrible band. We were, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Speaking of being a not great part of a thing that wasn't great to begin with, Mark Henry Fantastic segue. was in The Nation of Domination, which was a weird, uh, like, militant black separatist Nation of Islam gimmick in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. And it was only really saved by The Rock, who hijacked it into being all about The Rock. Yeah, that's when he started shining. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, but we're not here to talk about the awesome parts of the nation. We're here to talk about the not-so-great no. parts of the nation, which is, unfortunately, Mark Henry, who, despite the fact that... I mean, we should talk about his background. He's legitimately the world's strongest man. Yes. Like, he can prove it with numbers and feats. <laughs> I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's like, I think, still holds the world record for the heaviest combined total lift, which is like squat... And deadlift and one other thing, right? Which he did without any kind of stabilizing apparatus. Like, you know, they'll wear like the, the, the lifting harness to keep you from tearing all the muscles in your legs and back. So he did it without that and he did it while being drug tested. Yeah. And the number that he squatted, deadlifted and is it pressed? Maybe? Mm-hmm. Like the combined weight of those three Holy things. crap is still higher than any other human being who's ever lived. So that's pretty impressive. <laughs> 953 pounds on the squat. Yeah. 909 pounds on deadlifts. Yeah. And this is before he's Crap. a this is before he's a wrestler, right? This is he you know he started out as a powerlifter, that was his background. And he sort of brought that into pro wrestling he won i don't know how many gold medals in powerlifting never won an olympic gold medal but he won you know a bunch of pan-american games and he won a gold medal at a couple different olympic festivals i don't know what that is but it seems to be affiliated somewhat with the olympics so good on mark when they very first brought him in he was doing like an american hero gimmick Kind of like Kurt Angle where he had his medals and he had like an American flag singlet. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. That was like the first run he had. And they brought and he had him the in. the beanie hat. And the little beanie, right. And he wrestled Jerry Lawler and was really bad. Looked adorable. It was adorable. And that's when he almost killed Vader. Do you remember He almost that? killed Vader? Yeah. He, that's, he, a, that's a feat in itself. He fucking gorilla pressed Vader and dropped him. Oh. <laughs> Which, Why would you gorilla press Vader, man? Because you're Mark Henry and you can gorilla press Vader. Vader was 400 a, pounds, by the way. That's a that's a feat in itself. Yeah. That should actually be like a championship thing. Yeah. Should be in an accolade. Yeah, they should just show that. I mean, the the video is on uh, on YouTube. I'll drop it in the show notes. But Vader was 400 pounds. Mark Henry just like 
a gorilla press is where you just like grab a guy by the neck and thigh and lift him directly over your head, like a military press. And Mark Henry just grabbed this 400-pound man and did this to him and dropped him. And unfortunately, a 400-pound man can't be up that high and fall directly down and not hurt himself. Top heavy. <laughs> right. Uh, so Mark Henry went away for a while, came back, joined the Nation of Domination. And then after the Nation of Domination, uh, entered into a very unfortunate and maybe racist era of his character. And I'm, I'm speaking, of course, of sexual chocolate Mark Henry. That was a racist when it's his own idea. Was this his idea? This was his idea. Yes, it's still racist. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, his his documentary on the WWE Network, which is fantastic. He was he was backstage just goofing around, and he was like, "You know what? I think I'd like to be called Sexual Chocolate." And he he like pitched it, started having sex addiction, and going with old ladies, and who get birth to hands. Yeah, so. We talked about this a little bit in the episode about Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin, about how the Attitude Era, like the late 90s and early 2000s, fans today look back at it as this golden age when everything was really great. And we kind of talked about how that wasn't the case. And we're kind of looking back with rose-colored glasses because that's when wrestling was really popular. But you look back now and a lot of the stuff was really cringy, especially the sexual content and before we mentioned, like, the bra and panties matches and Val Venus, the wrestling porn star, who almost got his PP choppy choppied off by, like, the Yakuza. By the way, R.I.P. Wally Yamaguchi, uh, Yamaguchi-san, yeah. who we just lost, <laughs> apparently. Uh, the guy who tried to choppy choppy Val Venus's PP. But into this sort of milieu comes Mark Henry who I should stress is, again, literally the strongest man in the world, should be enough of a hook. Yes. And instead, he becomes sexual chocolate. He's having these weird... Like, there was this thing with China, where he was, like, sexually obsessed with China. Mm -hmm. And then she set him up with her friend Sammy, which led Mark Henry to utter the immortal lines on television, Oh, sweet Jesus, you've got a penis. <laughs> uh, and I guess we'll talk now about the first piece of homework, or I guess one of the pieces of homework, which is Mark Henry's sex therapy. Where, Starting off on a good note, I see. Yeah. Where he's on, he's on the couch. He's wearing, first of all, this... <laughs> Den like a sleeveless denim jumpsuit. <laughs> he goes on to tell this woman, his his sex therapist, who kind of looks like Brandy Rhodes' mom, <laughs> for laughs that, and this is supposed to be comedy, by the way, that he lost his virginity at age eight to his sister and has continued to have sex with his sister for the intervening 20 years. Now, if you can think of a way to spin that into a story that makes someone buy a ticket to a wrestling show, I will give you a million dollars. 
bolstering that mid card. Yeah. So what generally happened is they would do these backstage segments with Mark Henry, would be rubbing up on women, or that he fell in love with Mae Young, who at the time was like 80 years old. They had sex. She got pregnant and gave birth to a rubber hand. I don't fucking know what that was about. And then he would have a wrestling match and lose. Great. Great use for <laughs> the literal strongest human being on the planet. Yeah. After that, after his, his sexual chocolate phase, after he was thoroughly made into a figure of mockery, he kind of, I think they sent him back to developmental for a while. Mm-hmm. Because he was also really bad during this period. Yeah, he was not a good wrestler. No. Still. Yeah. Still. And I guess we should have mentioned also that when they first brought him on in like 1995, they gave him an unprecedented contract for a new signee. They gave him like a million dollar 10 year contract. Yeah, it was, he was, he got the first of those type of contracts. It was the very first one that they ever handed out. Right. The guaranteed deal mm-hmm. for, and for a long time, WWE, uh, Vince McMahon's big line was, I don't give guarantees. I give opportunities. And they were so impressed with Mark Henry that they were willing to completely overhaul their business model by offering this guy a 10-year deal, which is still uncommon. Usually it's, it's like two yeah. or three years. And a million dollars, which is a huge investment, especially for a company that was struggling at the time, for a guy who had never wrestled before. Mm-hmm. So they clearly believed that this guy had something special. And then they proceeded to do jack and shit with him for five, six years. Yep. They finally brought him back in like 2002. So I guess like seven years at that point, they started to finally lean into the, the world's strongest man stuff and actually show you what this guy could do. And that brings us to some of the other homework. For example, was it the Thomas inch dumbbell? Yeah. Which is like a dumbbell. I can't even comprehend it. It's the size of my forearm. Well, the handle is the size of my forearm. Yeah, as big around as your forearm. Yeah. But it's actually only like two inches long. So it's short and it's heavy on both sides. Right. And it's like 150 pounds, right? Yeah. So it's 150 pounds. It's as big around as a man's forearm. And the part that you can grab is only like a couple of inches long. It's supposed to be impossible to lift. It's like the Gordian knot of weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Mark Henry fucking lifts it. <laughs> on his second try, on his first try, you, you have to clean and jerk it, meaning you have to get it over your head. So the first time he did it, he got it up to like chest height and dropped it. So then he trained for like a year. And I think this is at one of the Arnold classics, right? Right, yep. One of these weightlifting or powerlifting things that he he goes to and still goes to. Our old co-worker Bobby met him at one of those. Oh, really? Yeah. And he he fucking does this in like the lobby of a hotel for some reason, which is where the, or the ballroom of a hotel where they're holding this thing. And he reaches down, grabs it, and can only get like his thumb and two fingers around it. Lifts up this tiny 150-pound weight. It's almost like a softball that weighs 150 pounds. <laughs> yeah. And he grabs it with a thumb and two fingers and fucking lifts it overhead. This is supposed to be impossible, and Mark Henry does it. What the fuck, Mark Henry? 
Yeah, and I think they said that it, only like two other people have done it since him. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's that's the other thing about Mark Henry. Some other people have like matched or surpassed his records, but never while being drug tested, and usually not raw. Like usually using some kind of you know belt or harness or something. Mark Henry is a freak of nature. The man's a straight up monster. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's the other homework, right? It's just some of the other feats of strength that he's done, like deadlifted a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like... Yeah, deadlifted a car, bent, uh, bending rebar. Yeah, D'Lo Brown tells that story in that, that video. It's like his friends talking about some of the crazy things he's done. And D'Lo Brown is like, Mark Henry used to carry around lengths of rebar. And when people would ask for an autograph, instead of autographing anything, he would reach into his duffel bag, pull out rebar, and just twist it and hand it to them and go, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there is also, did you watch any of the story times on the network? Yeah, some of them. There was one for Mark Henry where, um, you know, that skit where he like backstage, they handed him like a frying pan. Yeah. He, he just to, like, fucking rolls roll it. it up. Yeah. The story goes behind that is that in all the tests and everything that they were building up to him, they were giving him kind of like they're I mean, they're still legitimately frying pans, but they were giving him like aluminum frying pans. Right. So right. Like you would get it dollar general or whatever, like not yeah. not like a steel frying pan. But for the actual recording, they gave him a steel frying pan because uh-huh. Vince wanted to mess with him. And Mark started doing it, and he was having a hard time doing it. And then in Mark's head, he was saying, I was looking foolish because I couldn't do it. And it was pissing me off. He actually rolled the steel frying pan. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then, and then he did it, and everybody was just staring at him, shocked. And Vince comes up laughing. He goes, remind me not to piss you off. <laughs> yeah. And the, the man is legitimately... Just incredible. Rolled up a steel frying pan like a newspaper. Yeah. And there's also the the one that uh, JBL tells about Arn Anderson getting his his luggage locked in a locker, and everybody's trying to get the door off the locker, and they have a Billy Gunn has a a crowbar, and he's trying to pry the door off the locker and can't do it. So. Mark Henry walks in, asks what they're trying to do, and they're like, we're trying to open this locker. So he just rips the door off with his hand. (laughs) Which prompts JBL to say, Mark, if I have ever done anything to offend you, I am so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And my absolute favorite one, though, is... The Big Show one. The Big Show one, where he's in the locker room, and he's like, he's sitting there, and he looks like he's really upset. So Big Show thinks that something has happened, like he's upset about something. So Big Show sits down, puts his arm around him, and he goes, is everything okay, Mark? And he goes, I was trying to snap this quarter in half, but all I could do is bend it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Big Show says, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, went, I, I just pat him on the back, went to a corner, and felt completely insignificant as a man. Yeah, because... <laughs> And the Big Show is seven feet tall. Yeah. And Mark Henry's a big dude, but he's like, what? They say he's 6'4", which means he's 6'1". And, I don't know, 350, somewhere between 350 and 400 pounds. Mm -hmm. He's like 
legitimately half the big show's size and is like twice as strong as him. It's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. So and something to keep in mind too is that um, they always called him the world's strongest man, but he actually didn't win that until he left OBW to go to the Arnold Classic and start training. So all the previous time before that, he wasn't the world's strongest man. They were just calling him that. Right. And there's a a long history in wrestling of world's strongest men. There was Bill Kazmaier and Ted Arcidi. And a lot of times these guys were really shitty wrestlers because if you're a power lifter, that is not the optimal physique for an event like wrestling where you are constantly moving for 20 minutes. You know, if you're a power lifter, you are lifting something very heavy once. Yep. And that is your that is your skill set. And a lot of these guys are very bulky and very immobile. And they're also prone to injury, which is something that's also true, unfortunately, of Mark Henry. This guy has spent, I don't know, maybe a quarter of his active wrestling career, if not more, on the shelf, just because the human body probably isn't supposed to support as much weight as Mark Henry has on it. And if you're 400 pounds, you're probably also not supposed to be constantly falling on your back mm-hmm. for a living. So it seemed like when they brought him back, in the early 2000s, they were ready to kind of take Mark Henry seriously. But then, unfortunately, he was starting to get older. He's now, you know, in his mid-30s. Yep. And the fact that he's getting older, he's carrying a lot of weight, he's carrying a lot of very bulky muscle, and his job involves him falling down all the time, the combination means that he gets injured pretty frequently. And unfortunately, he keeps getting injured at exactly the wrong time. So they brought him back in like 2002. He got hurt. He came back in 2005 to have a feud with Batista when Batista was world heavyweight champion. Do you remember this? No, I actually forgot about that completely. Mark Henry was the one who injured Batista when Batista had had to relinquish the championship. So, That's not good. So that was from the World's Strongest Slam through the table, I think. So they were going to do a big run, Mark Henry versus Batista, for the World Heavyweight Championship. And in the run-up to this, Batista gets hurt, has to drop the championship. But they still want to go with Mark Henry, so now you have Mark Henry versus Kurt Angle, which is a feud that they ran with for a while. Kurt Angle comes out on top. Then they transition to Mark Henry versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania, which is a prestigious spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Henry doesn't win, unfortunately. And by the time Batista comes back, when they're ready to pay off that angle, Mark Henry gets hurt. So <laughs> Mark Henry comes back after a while, but Batista's gone. And at that point, they move him on to Raw, and they're moving him back and forth. And... I think he gets hurt again. And it seems like every time Mark Henry starts to get any real momentum going, either he or his opponent gets hurt. 
and during this time they wound they wind up sticking him in tag teams. Like they team him with Evan Bourne for a little while. You remember that? Yeah, I do. That was terrible. They teamed him with MVP for a while. So it seems like after a while of this sort of start and stop injury at the worst possible time thing, WWE gets kind of head shy about pushing Mark Henry. Because if a guy got hurt every time you invested time and money in him, wouldn't you stop investing time and money in him? It's kind of, it's understandable on their part, but also Mark Henry was so good and he's been getting steadily better this whole time. And that brings us to 2011. Mark Henry's 10-year contract has come and gone. He's re-signed or renewed his deal. Now they're not just keeping Mark Henry around because they've signed him to this deal and committed to paying him X amount of dollars they have clearly decided that they want to do something with Mark Henry and they're going to keep him around until they do it. It's 2011 and Mark Henry is better than ever as a performer and he's come upon this new gimmick called the Hall of Pain. The Hall of Pain is one of the best ideas I've, I ever remember in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. And the idea is he finds somebody... He destroys them, breaks their leg, and calls this an induction into the Hall of Pain. It's so badass. It's fantastic. He had done this to, I think, Kane and The Big Show. Yep. Yep. I think a couple other people, too. Kozlov, Kelly. Yes. Basically every physical threat to him, because The Great Kali was north of seven feet, so was The Big Show... Kane is almost seven feet tall. Kozlov was like six foot eight and 300 pounds. And uh, I don't know if it was MMA or Sambo or some kind of Russian martial art gimmick that they gave him. But he was like a big deal for a short period of time. And basically anybody who was a physical threat to Mark Henry got destroyed. And not just beaten up, but physically destroyed and taken out of the equation. These people were gone from the show for months. And I don't remember another time that they've done something like that. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think they have. No, because, I mean, it's it's kind of, again, a huge investment of time and money because you still have to pay these people and they're not on your show making you, making you money. So they're paying Kozlov and Kali and Big Show and Kane to sit at home, essentially, and not be on the show. So in order to push Mark Henry to this main event level, they're essentially paying five salaries, which is pretty wild. But I think think effective because, again, I can't think of another time that they have had somebody put out literally all of his rivals so definitively. Yeah. And it made just jobbers. No, not just jobbers, established guys, former champions and physical threats. It was, it made Mark Henry look like the scariest dude in the world. And he destroys his competition to such a degree that there is literally no one standing between him and the world heavyweight champion, Randy Orton. 
Now, have we talked about Randy Orton on the show, you and I? I know I've talked about Randy Orton a little bit, I think. No, we've never talked about good old Randy. I don't. Randy? Randy? <laughs> I don't like Randy Orton. I've never liked Randy Orton. Randy Orton's a, a third-generation pro wrestler. He became world heavyweight champion when he was like, what, 23 years old? Yep. And has been in world title contention since then. He's a natural, you know, he makes everything look easy because it is easy for him. But it's also boring for him and he looks bored. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you if you reach the pinnacle of your field at 23 years old, what the fuck or else are you going to do, you know? It's not gonna. Yeah, you could tell he gets into storylines on occasion and matches on occasion, but uh, nine times out of ten, he really just does not care. He mails it in. He mails it in yeah. hard. But you know, he's a big name, and he's been on top for a long time, and fans are into him. I think. Yeah, he's a big draw. He's a big draw, I guess. I I've never met somebody who really likes Randy Orton. <laughs> It's it's actually kind of weird, but the pay-per-view numbers actually go up when he's world heavyweight champion. It's so weird. I don't, I don't know how. And his the thing that... I mean, I guess people really like the idea of Randy Orton, but people rarely get into Randy Orton matches. Mm. And kind of the only thing that Randy Orton does that people really, really unconditionally love is his finishing move, the RKO. Like... I don't think Ray Yorton would have been anything if he didn't have the RKO. No, for sure. Basically, what he does is he jumps up in the air, grabs you in the grabs you by the head, and pulls you down onto your face. He does it out of nowhere, and that's like his his thing. He hits this move, and you're dead. It's like a bulletproof, a bulletproof move. Nobody kicks out of the yep. RKO. He can hit it from anywhere, and that's sort of his his thing. I don't know. We're fucking talking about Randy Orton too much. Yeah, we we really are. <laughs> This is Mark Henry. Right. So this, this see, is, this is what happened to Mark Henry. Yeah. The reason that it's important that his opponent is Randy Orton is because their careers are so opposite, right? Because Mark Henry has taken 15 years to get to this point. Randy Orton debuted in 2002 and was world champion by 2004. At this point, he spent like 10 years on top of the world, bored as hell. Even when he loses, he doesn't seem to care because he knows he'll just get another shot down the line. Randy Orton never acted like winning or losing meant much to him. And this clearly means everything to Mark Henry. Even, yeah. even though Mark Henry is the villain of this story, it's clear that he cares more about winning this than Randy Orton does. Because it means something to him. It's a real milestone for him. Inside and outside of character. Mm -hmm. And despite that, you've been sort of, by, by history and by circumstance, you've been primed to believe that Mark Henry is not going to win here. Because he's been close before. He's been in positions like this before and it's never gone anywhere. He's hurt himself or his opponent has gotten hurt. And Randy Orton, kind of like John Cena or Roman Reigns, is going to be the heavy favorite in any match that he's in. It's a really interesting dynamic, I think. 
Because you have this guy who's a monster, both physically and morally, crushing and injuring people to prove a point. And he has this relatively noble goal of reaching the top of this profession that he's been trying to reach for 15 years. And the guy who's trying to stop him is relatively unsympathetic. Mm-hmm. And in the lead up to this, Randy Orton called Mark Henry the world's strongest failure, Oof. which is yikes. You know, it hurts because it's kind of true. He had choked so many times before. So I will say that when this match rolled around in 2011, I didn't expect Mark Henry to win. I wanted him to win. I wanted him to win too, but oh, I never, sure. I didn't think it would happen. Did did you think that this would happen? No, I always I thought Randy was just gonna out of nowhere him. Right, out of nowhere. RKO, RKO, vintage Orton. Like just yeah, I sort thought of, he was just gonna be another monster that they, they put against the baby face and then he was just gonna drop back down right after. Yeah. A lot of a lot of these guys kind of get built up strong and they look like they're about to take this next step and then they fail at the last second and then they sort of just the fade. Ryback, the Ryback, right? Um, but at least with Mark Henry, we got him tossing an audio technician like twenty feet. Yes, <laughs> still one of my favorite moments because you knew it was coming, but he tossed him. Yeah, like, holy crap! And there wasn't a small dude either. No, well, <laughs> um, that was awesome. That 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 was pretty awesome. All right, so are we are we just about ready to? Uh... Oh, we're starting the episode now. All right, so we are watching Mark Henry versus Randy Orton for the World Heavyweight Championship at Night of Champions 2011, and we're going to start watching in three, two, one, go. So this is the World Heavyweight Championship, which was the second world championship that WWE had at this time. Sometimes, when they feel like it, they trace the lineage of this championship back to the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And to the NWA, depending on when they want to. Right. Because sometimes they'll be like, this is the one the Harley Race had. And then sometimes they'll be like, this... Title started with Ric Flair. This was invented for Triple H in 2002. But this belt, this physical belt design, is the one from WCW. Like the, I, I think probably my favorite world title still, just physical design. This is one that that's the actual design that Ric Flair introduced. Correct. Um, And he actually put the money down on it and built it. Yep, uh, Rick Rude won it also. My dude, Rick Rude. Look at that, Mark Henry looks at, he looks at that whole wall of championships. The gimmick of Knight of Champions was that every championship was on the line. And he looked at the one that he wanted up on the screen, kind of glanced at it, and then did the little belt motion like, I'm going to wear this by the end of the night. I miss the custom entrance ramps. Me too. 
Like that's that always made it special. I always tell Sarah, like I always loved um was it Armageddon or Backlash where they had like the giant talons? Yeah. You remember that? And uh, Armageddon when they had like the, the city on fire. Yes. That Randy climbed up on. I think my least favorite one was I think one of the the, the either TLCs or Money in the Banks where there was just like a forest of ladders. Yeah. Or what was the, um, I forgot the name of that pay-per-view where it was, they, they basically did the whole thing like it was like a virtual reality or whatever. Cyber Sunday? Maybe, yes. And they had like the, there was like a keyboard as an entrance ramp or yeah. something. Yeah, that was, that was goofy as hell. <laughs> so, here's Dandy Randy. Um, and look at Mark Henry. There's like, there's no fear in Mark Henry's eyes. There's no intimidation whatsoever. He comes to us looking pissed. Yeah. And that's what this is. This is like a kind of tranquil fury. You know, there's so much rage and so much frustration inside of him, but he is keeping it together. He's not out of control. He's pissed and fully in control, which is so much more frightening. You know, there's something to be said for a guy like Mark Henry losing control, but it's so much scarier to have a malicious mind in control of that body fully. Randy's always the one that kind of, I mean, to say he plays mind games is, is, isn't quite accurate. Really, he just threatens people with it, pulling his move out of nowhere. Right. And, oh, I could hit it at any time. You can... Mark Henry was in his corner where he does his dandy or Andy pose. Yes. And he did not directly make a beeline for it. He kind of gingerly walked around until the referee pulled Mark out of that corner. Yes. And then he went to it. So he's actually kind of a little psyched out. He's taken off. A little nervous about this match. He's taken off his game. Yeah. And look at that. Mark Henry is not at all ready to look at that <laughs> he there were, I think what happened was there were actually like a certain number of cheers for him and he was pissed because this is all for Mark Henry he hasn't enjoyed fan support up until now and people were kind of like kind of like where we are right now Kofi Kingston is in this sort of spot where he's enjoying a lot of fan support because it seems like after a long time he might get a main event shot. And Mark Henry was in that same spot here in 2011, and he seems to resent that the fans out of nowhere might want to see him succeed because he's like, where were you for the last 15 years? You know, now you're on board when it looks like I might, you know, I might win something. Mm -hmm. And he's found a way to take fans warming up to him as an insult, which is just, just great. So here we see the face off and Randy Orton starts out with just a stupid thing. Why would you lock up with Mark Henry? (laughs) Just tosses him in the corner. Yep. That's probably Randy. Randy is lanky. He definitely has length. Yeah, he's got he's got uh, the reach. Reach. 
yeah, and so, the speed. Yeah, so he went. Yeah, and that's what we're seeing here. He's he's peppering him with strikes. Mark's throwing these big haymakers. He kicks Mark in the knee, which uh, that's one of the many injuries that kept Mark on the shelf for a long time. Is one time he completely tore his quad, and another time he completely separated his patella. So both of those things make his knees, and the fact that he's fucking 400 pounds, make his knees a very easy target for Orton. Oh, he's pissed. <laughs> yeah, so we saw Randy string some moves together and throw Mark to the ground, and Mark, it did not hurt him, it just pissed him off. But it looks like he's he's seeing red, he's seeing frustration, which we didn't think we were going to see at the beginning. He seemed like he was in control, but... It looks like Mark is taking some time on the outside to cool off. Look at that. He exhales. And Randy's not chasing after him. He's not doing anything. He's just biding his time. Right. Mark, oh, gorilla press. Mark, back in the ring, goes for that gorilla press. Oh. And Orton sneaks off, goes for the RKO, and just gets pushed away. Oh. I don't remember Mark Henry being able to do it. Oh, yeah. Mark Henry just hit him with a fucking big boot. A 400... He actually got some, got some good, like, reach on that, too. Yeah. He went up high. Yeah, his, 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 that kick was just above the waist, which is impressive if you're 400 pounds. And we're now seeing an instant replay of Randy Orton getting tossed and now taking this big boot to the face. And Orton into the corner. Henry with a splash crushes Orton. And at this point, Mark Henry's game plan is just crush this guy. Just back and ribs, just compress his midsection. World strongest. Oh. He, he goes for world strongest slam. Orton escapes and jumps on his back with the uh, going for the Princess Bride uh, piggyback sleeper hold. <laughs> You use different moves when you're fighting one person than when you have to fight a bunch of people. I did that line wrong, but you get it. <laughs> and he's... It's uh, like he returned from the grave. Yeah. And then uh, Mark smashes Orton into the corner. Orton now clawing at Mark Henry's face. And again, the punches. So it seems like the only thing that Orton has... Oh. Yep. And Mark Henry fucking punches Randy Orton so hard that he sails out of the ring and lands on the ground. So it seems like the only thing that Randy Orton, the only game plan he has at this point is keep striking Mark Henry in the head to soften him up for the RKO. That's like the only thing he can do. And meanwhile, every move that Mark Henry does is monstrous damage on Orton. One punch just knocked him to the ground. And here we go. Rams Orton's back into the ring apron. That's solid wood, by the way. The corner of the ring. And a second one rammed right into the corner. Just uh, just some, some spinal trauma for Randy. Tosses him back in. Mark Henry's controlling the pace. A headbutt. Maybe a, a little psychological move there to let Randy know that his uh, striking him in the head is not going to work. Now, do you remember this move here? 
This is brutal. Nope. Oh, the bow and arrow? Yes. Oh. So. Oh, he's freaking wrenching on that. Yeah, so he's bent Randy Orton's back around the steel ring post and is grabbing Randy by the chin and by the ankles and just fucking bending him. And that's the thing about Mark's matches is that they're not technical, they're not fast or anything. He just he just ruins you. Yeah. You know, we, slow slow crushing. Yeah. You know, we mentioned Vader at the beginning. In a lot of ways Mark Henry became a modern version of Vader, just this fantastic, malicious big man. Mm-hmm. Also, uh get a load of how Mark Henry has a comb over made of cornrows. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Just standing on Randy's back. 400 pounds, that's fine. Just... <laughs> and now, you mentioned before that Randy had the speed advantage. I don't know if that's true anymore because Mark Henry is just driving the air out of him. Just... Mm-hmm. You see that scoop slam? Just casually threw him. And now, into the air for a splash... And Randy escapes, barely. And Mark Henry just lightly shakes his head and goes, come on. Just like, why are you still trying, Randy? <laughs> Randy firing back with some punches. Mark answers it with a headbutt, a punch, and now shoulder blocks to the stomach. Randy's back, oh. in, Randy's back in midsection are jelly right now. Oh, this is not par for the course. And look at this, a beautiful elbow drop too. Yeah. And especially one from those massive arms are the size of a torso. Yes. He didn't hold back too. He's a big man. He can't, he can't pull those. Yep. And also he looks, uh, he looks frustrated that he didn't get the pin there, but it's also important to note. He hasn't gone for any of these pins seriously. He's not hooking both arms. You know, he's not using both of his arms for any of these. These have been... He's hooking one leg. He wants to prove a point here. He doesn't want to exert all of himself to beat Randy Orton. And there, that clothesline just knocks Randy Orton to the ground again. There's a blatant choke. He's got five seconds to break it, which of course he does. He's not going to get disqualified. Do you see that guy in, like, the second row? He's wearing, like, a, a fire helmet and a ski mask? What the fuck is that guy? <laughs> he's opposite the hard cam. You'll see him in a minute. He's, I think he's right behind Mark Henry right now. See what he did there? Mm-hmm. R- raised the one fist, the Nation of Domination salute, and then was like, fuck off. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Randy's... Firing back with these strikes. Again, it's it's kind of the only thing he has in the tank. And I should mention, Randy Orton is not noted as a great striker. Oh. Mark goes off the ropes for another splash, but Randy manages to move. And look, you can see fear in Randy Orton's eyes. See the guy there? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck was that? Protecting him from the fireworks. Yeah. So. Wait, is there Curry Man? 
Oh man, imagine. No, he's there. Curry man's there. <laughs> he's to the right by the stairs. I didn't see him. Oh, he finally made it. Yep. So he's trying to clothesline Mark Henry, which is asinine. Mark goes for a clothesline. Randy kicks, uh, hits him with a drop kick. I will hand this to Randy. He's got a sweet drop kick. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. It's not quite like Okada. Mm. Nice, but it's a it's a pretty drop kick. All right, so now here he's going to... Oh, he was going to try to drag Mark Henry through the ropes and hit his uh, his DDT through the ropes, which is, you know, softening the head up for the RKO. But Henry oh. Henry hits him with a, a headbutt, counters, and there's the world's strongest slam. One, two, and Orton kicks out. And that time, Mark Henry hooked the leg with both arms. And this time you can see that he's, I don't know. How do you read that expression? Is he, is he frustrated? Is he pleased that Orton has, has forced him to dig this deep? I mean, he showed like a little bit of frustration, but at the same time, he just went back to being, all right. Okay. Yeah. I see Curry, man. I just saw Curry, (laughs) man. Yeah. See, told you. Yep. All right. So Mark Henry, uh, now going up for, looks like a Vader bomb. In the corner, one, two, and, and Randy Orton manages to kick him on the way down. Oh, well, chop block to the front of the knee. And DDT. Yep, a DDT. So now Randy Orton is digging deep. That's not a. That's like the the Miz is sliding DDT. I've never seen Randy uh-huh. Orton do it before. But this shows you that Randy Orton has a. You know he's not. Helpless. He's not out of his depth necessarily. He's he's got a strategy and he's working the strategy. Here he pulls he pulls Mark through the ropes and drops him with a DDT, a second DDT. And there he goes for the pin. He can barely get the leg up, and Mark Henry just puts a hand on the ropes. Which just shows you that Mark Henry after 15 years, is a veteran. He knows his way around this ring. Mm-hmm. He's been using the ring to his advantage the whole time, ramming him against the ramming him against the the ring apron, uh, stretching him against the post. Now just the rope break. Orton's coming in, and. Mark Henry, again, utilizing the ring to his advantage, suckers Orton in, grabs him by the tights, and yanks his throat right into the ropes. And now Henry kicks him directly in the knee, and it looks like Orton is hurt. And even while being flat on his back, he's still extremely dangerous. Yeah, he's like a... He's like a wounded bear. It's like a fucking mule kick. Like, yeah. you don't want to take that to your kneecap. So if the strongest man in the world who can deadlift a car kicks you in the knee, <laughs> that's bad news. <laughs> and look at that. And one kick to Randy's knee really hurts him. Yeah. Well, Randy's been working on his knee the entire match. Yep, he's been trying. And now Orton gets up. Oh, 
takes another monster key, uh, kick to the knee. And Henry has just shaken off all the damage that he's taken so far. Orton, and look at this, Henry allows Orton to get to his feet. Just shakes his head, no, it's not happening for you, Randy. Randy tries the RKO, gets thrown directly on his spine. World's strongest slam. He stands up, world's strongest slam, one, two, three, and Mark Henry is the world heavyweight champion. Incredible. And look, look, John Mulaney there in the front, in the front row looks very, uh, he's very <laughs> upset. That's a good reaction. <laughs> this woman is also upset. <laughs> he's just not happy. Yep, he's got that. Uh, he's got that championship, which honestly looks like a toy belt when he holds it. Yeah, it's tiny. New world heavyweight champion Mark Henry. And he finally did it. Yep, and he just you see him mouth. I told you. And I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna include the um, the promo that he cuts. Another guy. <laughs> that that guy was just like, yeah, I guess. I mean, he kind of crushed Randy. <laughs> the guy in the Boston sucks T-shirt. <laughs> I love that. And Mark's just screaming. I told you. I told you this would happen. So satisfying. All right, so we can probably uh, we can probably stop it here. Somebody go get the wigs, but so so Mark has been, you know, his 15 year journey culminates in a championship win. It's a story for a baby face, but he's a heel. It's still satisfying, and. I don't know. It's just a unique, a unique moment. I think. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, what what did you think of the match, Stephen? Um, slow, but that's that's his style. It's not going to be any flash or flare or anything like that. But, um, it really, I mean, it told a good story though. Yeah. You know, you started off with the classic David versus Goliath, the faster and speeds slow methodical and the just the powerhouse and when mark did catch him he made a count every single time and randy sold it that way which was great for randy every single time he went into turnbuckle it wasn't like he just ran into it like hit it the dude flew into it yeah he bounced a little bit before coming to rest on the turnbuckle so you knew he was just every single move that was happening to him hurt and you could see that this was this was one of the times that Randy Orton didn't mail it in. I'll say that. Yeah. I'll say that. And it's it's such a satisfying... And, you know, Randy Orton made everything he did look like a million dollars. He wasn't afraid to eat shit. You know? Mm-hmm. He got he got tossed a couple of times. I think my favorite might be that, uh, that RKO attempt at the end. Yeah, for sure. Where he goes up, and instead of just getting shoved... Mark Henry just like Randy Orton leaps into the air and with one hand, Mark Henry just like moves this mass of humanity like he's a beach ball. 
Yeah, it doesn't even flinch, doesn't move. Just yeah. moves that one hand, and, and Randy he, just falls flat on his ass. And he let him do it, too. <laughs> yeah. Because he knew that that's what Randy Orton was, was working toward. He knew that the only chance that Orton had was the RKO. And he knew that he was so outclassing Orton, and he wrestled this match so perfectly that he allowed Randy Orton to get to his feet and attempt an RKO just so he could counter it and put him down. Beautiful. Yep. Beautiful. No questions asked. And no what is. No. Just an extremely, extremely satisfying match. Again, not... Well deserved. Yeah, and not, uh, not a technical masterpiece by any stretch, but I think this match could not have gone any better than it did. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, great, great stuff. And, and like you said, well-deserved. That's so, what he do. That's what he do. And now we should talk a little bit about what happened in the aftermath of this. Mm-hmm. Um, he got injured. He got injured, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is when Big Show came back and defeated him. Yep. Yep, and then Big Show was defeated by our good friend Daniel Bryan in the same night. And at that point, Mark Henry uh, vanished. I think his, his run as World Heavyweight Champion was only a couple months long, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And then... They brought him back and sent him to Raw, and they made him a babyface for some reason. And I think yeah, that might have been he one never of the... quite picked up to steam again. Well, he did. Oh, well, he yeah, did. he needed that, though. But, and, and we should talk about that now, because I was considering putting this in the homework. I watched it by myself. I just That's yeah. one of my favorite moments It's so fucking good. Moments ever. And, and that's another... What another three years after that? This is like that's like 2014 or something. Yeah, and that's the moment when you realize, oh my god, Mark Henry was fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Because we're not just talking about a match; we're talking about a full promo segment. Talking. Yeah, and <laughs> this this dude is not known for his talking. No, no, and that's when you realize, oh my god, Mark Henry is an incredible personality. He's mm-hmm. a fantastic talker and a promo that was like naturalistic. We're talking, of course, about the legendary Salmon Blazer promo. So Mark Henry came out in a glorious men's quadruple XL Salmon Blazer. And, uh, you know, some nice some nice pleated khakis. And he came out to the ring and he engaged in a promo that unfortunately we had seen a few times by this point. Which mm-hmm. is the, I'm sorry, I have to unexpectedly retire promo. Shawn Michaels had the... I lost my smile speech where he said mm-hmm. that his, because of his, his knee, he was going to have to retire edge in 2010 had his one about spinal stenosis and he was going to have to retire. Daniel Bryan would later have to do one for his concussion issues. And Roman Reigns had to do his, his leukemia one, although that one was short lived as was the Shawn Michaels one. Cause it was fake. Um, <laughs> But not that the Romans one was fake. <laughs> no, no, the Roman one wasn't fake. The Michaels one was. The Michaels one was fake. 
Um, I lost my smile. Yes, I lost my smile because I don't want to lose to Bret Hart at WrestleMania. My mom told me so. Right. (laughs) My mom says I'm cool. (laughs) But we, Mark Henry comes out in this glorious salmon blazer and he starts giving this speech about how he's going to have to retire. He leaves his boots up at the entrance ramp. Yeah. And he leaves his boots up at the entrance ramp. You see backstage, like he's shaking everybody and hugging people and stuff. So they're, they're building it up this entire time. And right. then he comes out in the salmon blazer and he starts talking. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he says he's going to have to retire and mm-hmm. he runs through, uh, he runs through his accomplishments and talks about being world heavyweight champion. And he talks about, and he, this very real moment where he says his wife misses him, but pretty soon she's going to be sick of him. But, you know, he's not, his little girl isn't going to cry when he has to leave to go on the road yeah, anymore. Yeah, he has to leave. Yeah. It's very touching. And all the fans are chanting, please don't go and one more match. And he talks about, you know, all the, you know, all the people that he loves. And somebody says, like, chants May Young. And he kind of gets a smile on his face. He goes... No, not May Young, dummy. And and it's a sort of genuine moment where he's like enjoying this give and take with the fans and this opportunity that he never really had to just be himself. And then John Cena, who's the current WWE champion, comes out and shakes his hand. Uh, he was already there. Oh, that's right. That's right. He um, was already there. John had a promo. And then John was going to leave and give him the ring. But Mark asked him to stay. Right, Mark asks him to stay, and because he wants John to be there, because he says, "John, at the rate you're going, you're going to be the greatest WWE champion there ever was," mm-hmm. and and John seems like flattered, and he says, "You know, I've had a career, I've had a pretty good career too." And he looks over at John Cena, he goes, "Nothing like John, of course." Like, and you think it's this <laughs> this moment of modesty, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and he's talking about his accomplishments. He was world heavyweight champion. He goes, I, I never, and he looks at John, he goes, I never got to hold that title, which is the WWE title. That's the one that Hulk Hogan held. That's the one that John Cena held, the one that Bruno Sammartino held, the one that Randy Savage held. Like the world heavyweight championship was a big deal, but it wasn't the title, the main title of WWE, you know? Mm-hmm. The one that Steve Austin and The Rock and so on had. So... He says, you know, my one regret is that I never got to hold that title. So John Cena comes over and kind of lets him hold it. And then... Uh, he, he holds the belt up and he has a couple tears in his eyes. Yeah, he cries and, on cue. And then Cena goes in for a handshake. Mark Henry grabs him and plants him with the world's strongest slam. Oh. And you could hear... Entirely arena. Yeah, you can hear shake. all the air goes out of that arena. They're just like, Ooh. like it, and, it, it went from like that was like an Undertaker level type shock when the Undertaker lost at WrestleMania. Yeah, all the air went out, and then they just everybody started screaming, mm-hmm. myself included, as I was watching this. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, and he <laughs> he drops the microphone, but he's screaming so loudly that you can hear him without the microphone and he's screaming, you thought it was that easy? I got a lot left in the tank. 
and he, he rips off a salmon blazer, rips open his shirt, Bro, you take just the screaming tie at him while, while hovering over him, just screaming in John's face. Yeah, and John Cena oh. lying on the ground like a broken man. My God. Probably... And then as he's- as he's leaving the ramp and he's walking up and he's carrying his salmon blazer behind him, he picks up his boots and he just goes, cause that's what I do. Yeah. And he just leaves. It's ah, oh. he, one of the best promos in WWE history, yeah. just a complete swerve. Everybody bought into it. There was no leaks or anything. It was just pure, like awesome twist. And Visceral. Like, yes. He shit. The hall of pain is back. Yes. And amazing. And I'm going to go on record. He should have beaten Cena for that. 100%. He should have. He should have. With that momentum, they had, Mm. they caught lightning in a bottle and they should have kept it. But they. Did he get injured again though? Yes, he did. That's why. (laughs) Well, no, he should. I'm saying he should have won in the, in the, the first match they had. I think. Oh, yes. They had, they had one match which Cena won and I, they were probably supposed to have a rematch and I think Henry got hurt. Mm -hmm. But. Man, he should have beat Cena. He deserved it. Just for that promo alone, he deserved to have WWE champion. He became the most res- talked about person in that company from that speech. Yep. Like he should have. They should have just handed that over. All right, we're 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 off topic. Steven, do you have any other thoughts about uh about Mark Henry, about Randy Orton, about the World Heavyweight Championship, about the WWE Championship, about John Cena, about Salmon Blazers? Blazers rule more people should wear it. Don't care for Randy Orton. John Cena has some pretty good matches later on in his career. Everybody should go back and watch the Monsters Ball match in ECW. <laughs> Get some Big Daddy V up in here. Ah, uh, I love Big Daddy V. I mean, I don't. He was terrible. He's but the just thing like... I always loved is the big slash in the corner where his as he was running, his boobs would go back, and then when he would hit you, he would titty smack you on both sides of your face. Yeah, Big Daddy that was V. My favorite. Big Daddy V was like a Mark Henry that never got good. Yeah. Well, he was fat. He wasn't strong. That's true. Yeah. And, and he wore suspenders. He wore suspenders, right? And he had he had breasts that wrapped around his body. They did. And yes, when he would run and splash you in the corner, they would do the slow-mo and you could see you could see his breasts uh, kind of clap you in the ears. So I guess they would dizzy you also. They look like the they honestly look like Asia. Just the continent of Asia, the shape of it. And then they would dizzy you and disorient you and probably pop your eardrum. And, then, and also at the same time, I can't imagine that smelling well. Yeah. Yo, dude, they even had, he even did a Mark Henry knockoff gimmick when he was the world's largest love machine. Yeah. Yeah. Only he made it weird because he would actually hump people in the ring. Yeah, yeah, he did violently hump people. Um, he did violently. Yes, yeah. he violently humped people. This has been another episode of I Hate Wrestling. Attitude Era. <laughs> that wasn't the Attitude Era. That was like 2005. <laughs> oh, that that was uh, the Ruthless Aggression Era. Yeah, Ruthless Humping Era. Ruthless Humping. Ruthless Humping Era. This has been another episode of the Ruthless Humping Podcast. Has it? Yes. <laughs> I want to thank my guest, Stephen, the love train, Graham. Oh, uh, that's not going to stick. <laughs> I want to thank Kryn Dodenhoff for my logo. I want to thank the Novas for the use of my theme song, The Crusher. I want you to uh, like, follow, rate, and review on iTunes, on SoundCloud. I want you to visit me on Facebook at 
I hate wrestling. I want you to visit, uh, follow me on Twitter at IHWPod and visit the official website at IHWPod.com. And I want you to follow me on Instagram at I hate wrestling. Steven. Buy the onesie. Buy the onesie. There's a onesie on the shop right now for your newborn child that I made. Ju- well, I didn't make it. Some uh, Someone in, in Laos or... <laughs> or, or Taiwan is making it, but uh, I designed it specifically for your child. Congratulations child. on your child, by the way. Oh, why? Thank you, Stephen the Daddy Graham. Yeah, that's a T-shirt, Stephen the Daddy Graham. Do you have uh, anything that you would like to plug today? Listen to this podcast. Listen to this podcast. I thanks. Good one. Insert here, um, Stephen. You know how we, you know how we end the show, don't you? Come on, man! I, I don't have any other ideas. <laughs> Stevens, uh, Stevens' character for this week is Chunky Puff. Oh, all right. Yeah, we'll go with the <laughs> Can you describe Chunky Puff to the listeners? Chunky Puff was a phenomenal wrestler. Inspired by a little bit of Batista and Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Um, so, if all of you are Ed, Ned, and Eddie fans, there was a Chunky Puff cereal, which one day while playing the SmackDown video game on the PlayStation 1, um, I created a character who had a luchador mask, red and blue. Uh-huh. Uh, he was about 5'7", um, fat. Yes. Like, every single area had a little bit of fat on him. No rolls, he was just a general blob. And uh, he had a giant dragon snake back tattoo <laughs> with uh, blue and red flaming pants and uh, boots. Like, and weren't they like Iron would... Sheik curly-toed boots? They were. They were Iron Sheik curly-toed boots. And then his entrance, he would start getting all excited, wave at people, and then start running down the ramp and then fall. <laughs> and uh, if he would ri- win the match, he would actually fall over, over the ropes too. But he only had punches and elbow drops in his entire arsenal. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I don't, we never actually got into like the promo aspects, how he would talk or sound or what he would say and do. Uh-huh. But, um, it's just a, a general doofus that I one time described to Matt in uh, passing and immediately sat down and created right after I told him about <laughs> it. <laughs> I, I, he became a mainstay in our joke catalog for the next 10 years. Yeah. I always remembered, uh, I always remembered Chunky Puff. As looking something like uh, a wild berry pop tart. Yeah. <laughs> if you that's can actually, picture, that's actually a pretty good description. Yes. <laughs> a wild berry pop tart that walked like a man. Yeah. <laughs> a little toasted. <laughs> yeah. He was awesome. He was the only person I ever created well. <laughs> I'm not good at those creative wrestlers. <laughs> and it shows. Chunky Puff especially shows. Chunky Chunky Puff is the top shelf. Coming down to the ring. Chunky Puff. I forgot where I put him. Hot dog rolling down to the ring. Chunky yeah. Puff. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so lazy when it comes to those... Uh, creator wrestlers. I'm, I'm like I don't I don't know how you do it. You can sit down and like do it for hours, 
Like, I get bored after five minutes. I'm like, I have to pick up another fucking move? I don't know. I can't. Red pants. I can't, yeah, I get so, like, I got really frustrated in the 2K19 game when I had to be forced to create a wrestler. Because the previous one, the 2K18, I, I just downloaded uh, Scott Steiner and I played at him going through the Performance Center. So, <laughs> so I was really annoyed at this year and I was creating him and I was like, all right, well... I've been watching the Double Dragons cartoon recently. Uh-huh. The Shadow Master. And I tried to create a Shadow Master, but he ended up coming and I was like, "Oh, I'll make him I'll make him completely like he'll, he'll be like uh, Black Hole Dark, like black. He'll be so completely dark that you won't be able to see him and he'll have white eyes and he he'll be like a shadow, you know, he'll be so like a shadow. And then the first cutscene they show he's in a regular t shirt standing out in the open and he's completely black and living like in dark. a van. <laughs> like black hole dark. And he's living in a van and he has white eyes and he's talking to this woman and I go, I have to change this. <laughs> That's a living very in a van scene. down by the singularity. <laughs> This, this, I, I didn't expect him to be like an independent pro wrestler and everything. And I changed him, and he just uh, honestly, he looks like Adam Levine just with a hockey mask on. So, <laughs> oh, God bless. Hmm. Adam this Levine. is all audio poison right now. <laughs> Adam Levine in a hockey mask. Adam Levine in a hockey mask. Your new wrestling character is Adam Levine in a hockey mask. Hmm. Never, you'll be universally <laughs> hated. You know, if I ever. I was thinking at like one of the access, you know how they do that NXT access to uh, shows. Yes. Like they're at the, like a rock concert type of thing in like England somewhere. Yes. I always thought it would be a really good heel move. If somebody came out to uh, puff daddy's cub with me <laughs> and just let that ride for the whole six or seven minutes, because that's a Led Zeppelin based song. And everybody who has ever listened to the Led Zeppelin song hates the puff daddy song. Oh, I thought that would be a, a real good dick move where you just let it ride out the entire seven minutes. <laughs> Plus, it's so st- the lyrics are so stupid. I, I can't say I've ever heard it. Okay, we're plugging that too. Everybody, go listen to Puff Daddy. Come with me. <laughs> the Godzilla soundtrack. Not the Godzilla soundtrack, the Matthew Broderick one. Oh, my God. Okay. You're stepping on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop recording now. There you go. I'm going to be Puff Daddy. That's my creator wrestler. Honestly, like in preparation to this, I was trying to think of something, and I, I have nothing. I have absolutely nothing. It's a terrible. The only thing I did think of in my sleep deprivation state wasn't funny at all, and it wasn't entertaining. Well, um, tell me what it was. <laughs> Come on, let's hear it. Uh, I don't even. I don't. I, I don't even want to say it. Say like, it. <laughs> say it. Say it. I, I, say it. I don't want to say it. it. Say it. I, I don't. Say it. Say it. No, you're say not it. goading me say into it. saying it. Say it. <laughs> no. Come on. No. Come on. No. Come on. No. 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 No.
Wabbit season. 